Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have explicit, honest, raw, wholesome conversations about sex, pleasure, joy, and connection. Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find all that we have to offer you, everything from our entire podcast archive of over 430 episodes. So that's more than double what you can find on your average podcast player. You'll find them all at PleasureMechanics.com. Our most popular episodes are indexed in the sex index, and you'll find all of our online courses that are ready for you to enroll in when you are ready to level up your erotic skills or take your next erotic adventure with us as your guides. All of our courses are lifetime access, self-paced courses, so you can explore at your own pace in the comfort of your own home with us one click away. You'll find it all at pleasuremechanics.com. On today's episode, we are going to be continuing our Mindful Sex May month, and we're going to be talking about one of the central, foundational hearts of not only mindful sex, but of mindfulness and of mindful sex practice. We're going to be talking about non-judgment. Mm. It's huge, it's foundational, and it is much a practice as it is an attitude we bring to all other practices. It's one of these, what we would call a meta skill, that once we start practicing it, it infuses everything else we're doing. How we show up as erotic beings, how we feel about our own selves as sexual creatures, how we relate to others, how others feel us as a presence. Um, so practicing non-judgment, cultivating non-judgmental erotic attitudes <laughs> is the theme of the day. And if this episode strikes a nerve with you and you want to continue to cultivate these attitudes with us, come on over to pleasuremechanics.com mindful and you'll find our mindful sex course with practices and interactive tools so we can go deeper together. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about just grazing the surface of this really essential skill practice art of practicing non-judgment, specifically in our sexualities and erotic encounters. Mm. And we understand that doesn't perhaps sound like the sexiest of topics, but the impact is profound because when we can begin to notice how often we judge mm -hmm. in our sex life not even in our whole life but just in our sex life and if we can begin to unpack that and release some of that judgment we will bring ourselves so much more internal freedom and that makes space for more pleasure and more connection and more joy mm -hmm. so it's a really profound practice to begin engaging with and the impacts are vast and deep. Right. An emphasis on practice there. When we name cultivating non-judgment as a practice, we're again reminding ourselves that it's something we return to again and again, something we do repeatedly. And so as we talk about this, we're not suggesting like all of a sudden you can change your mind and all of a sudden be non-judgmental, mm -hmm. especially when seeped in such a judgmental and judgy oriented culture as ours. 
Um, this is something we come back to and we incrementally experience the benefits of. Mm. And as we do, and like so many of the pleasure practices, right? Like as we cultivate attention, what we were talking about a few episodes ago, our attention can be pulled to these places that we are so self-judgmental, judgmental of others, judgmental about things we don't even know about in the sexual realm. And as we unpack this today, we're going to be asking us all to practice a lot of compassion with this because we are all really judgmental. So if you all of a sudden are like, whoo, I do a lot of this and I have a lot of energy here. Like when you were saying kind of release even just a little bit mm -hmm. of how judgmental we can be towards ourselves, towards others, like this image of just melting a little bit of that tension and how much space that frees up, how much kindness and empathy that frees up. Um, so we're just going to invite everyone into kind of incremental baby steps into this uh, and not be judgmental of our judgment. <laughs> And, you know, I jest about being judgmental of our own judgment, but that's how so much of this mindful sex and mindfulness practice works is like as we start paying attention to our attention, we realize how much we can cultivate our attention. As we bring awareness to our awareness, we realize what we are aware of, right? There's kind of this meta work. And as we dive into this arena of judgment, we will discover like how judgmental we can be even about the fact that we are judging, right? <laughs> it's like, so lest we get caught in a downward spiral there, um, at the end of this episode, we're going to be talking about if we're not judging, then what are we doing? Because we're not talking about coming to a place of like ethical neutrality where anything goes. That's not the alternative to such judging, critical, self-effacing behavior as we are accustomed to, right? There are other options. And we're going to really try to invite us into um, an embodied, like a physical practice of replacing judgment with something else. Yeah. So we're not going to leave you hanging, just like looking at the chasm of judgments before you. <laughs> Because all of these judgments are so laden. And so as we get into this, let's really think about this word judgment, self-judgment. And when we talk about being non-judgmental, so what does it mean to be judgmental? Um, this is a very laden word, especially in the English language. Um, it means a lot of different things. So when we're talking about judgment here, we're talking about a critical mind that's placing self, others, behaviors, orientations, choices on kind of a hierarchy of better and worse, good and bad, right and wrong, right? Often imposing these binaries. Is it right or wrong? Is it good or bad? What does that mean about me? What does that mean about another person, right? Imposing these kind of very laden judgments on things like fantasies alone, Right. And we've talked about this around fantasy where we can be free to go to horror movies and like love seeing bloodbaths and vampires and even torture films. Right. Like and no one really criticizes one another and we don't get too judgmental about people's choices of entertainment. But then it comes to porn and our fantasies and we get incredibly judgmental about what other people even deign to fantasize about, let alone do with their private lives and bodies, right? And even more than we judge other people, we tend to judge ourselves. And so as I'm talking about this, this hierarchical thinking, this better or worse, this right or wrong, 
And we're going to kind of name several different categories of judgment. But just notice right away how laden the world of sexuality is with this kind of thinking, right? And this is why it's so important, especially when we're talking about mindful sex, right? This is centered in the definition of mindfulness itself. But when it comes to mindful sex, when we encounter the erotic, when we turn inwards to ourselves as erotic beings, we just notice how much judgment, critique, right and wrong thinking there is all over the place about who we are, what we want, how we look, how we behave, what we said or didn't say. And that kind of internal self-policing, that constant self-judging has a cost, right? It has a cost of our awareness and our attention. What are we thinking about and where are we not placing our awareness attention? What are we not allowing? What are we not getting curious about when we close the conversation and the, you know, experience down with judgment? But again, remembering how central this is. Right. When we talk about mindfulness, the definition of mindfulness is paying attention to the present moment non-judgmentally. It is so important that the non-judgment is is integrated into the experience because if we're paying attention to the present moment with judgment, it's a completely different experience. And it's interesting, we can't actually do that, right? Because like judgment brings us out of the present moment and it by nature of its comparison, it's like kind of risk tracking, like judgment is very much inherently not present centered. Um, right, so, it clouds the moment. It, mm. it basically is like a filter between you and the present moment because yeah. you're having thoughts and opinions about the present moment instead of perceiving the actual present moment. Right. But what that also does is it breaks connection between you and the present moment or you and whoever you're sharing that moment with Mm. because you are being with your thoughts and judgments and opinions instead of directly being with them and what is happening. And so we can begin to pay attention to this. So think about what this could look like for you in your life. Like where do you judge yourself or others most? We're going to go through a list of ways we can judge. Notice what is strongest for you. What is something you don't really pay attention to too much. And let's let's notice. Mm. And as we do this, you know, we should really pay attention to where do these judgments come from? Right. Because part of the implication of judgment is that there are a set of rules and you're either like adhering to the rules and doing the right thing or you're doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And we have to think about where did all of these rules, especially around sexuality, erotic expression, gender expression, desires, right? Like what you want, who you want, how you want it. When we think about the sexual realm, where did we get our set of rules and perceived rights and wrongs? And do they align with your values Mm. that you want to be in integrity with? And so often as we bump across these judgments, we look at them and they're actually in direct violation with what we would tell a friend or our child or the culture we want to build. And that for me is that place of power where it's like, oh, I wouldn't want to treat anyone else like this. So I'm going to knock it off. Right. Um, And so instead, but then also sometimes we come across judgments where it's actually like more of an alignment procedure where we actually realize that it's something we do care about. And that's where we're going to get into discernment and ethics, 
a little later in the show and talk about instead of judging, how do we apply discernment? Because we're not talking again about a place of neutrality and anything goes and your partner can say anything they want to you and do anything, right? Like that is not it. Non-judgment is replacing the attitude of judgment, that critique with a spirit of curiosity, of wonder, of positionality, right? And so when I went to like my Buddhist ethics course at the monastery, one of the phrases that I really came home with was consideration of time, place, position, degree, right? So in a kind of judgment frame of mind, in that binary right, wrong frame of mind, you look at something and you're like, is it right or wrong? Is it good or bad? And instead, if we have a spirit of curiosity and kind of an expansive questioning mind, right, that has a pause between us and the judgment and more of just like a, huh, what is this? Then we can consider these things like time, place, position, degree. And instead of saying like stealing is wrong ethically, what if you're stealing a loaf of bread for a hungry child? Is that wrong? Of course not. And when we look around at our sex culture, like so much of what we think we have to be in adherence to and in compliance with is inherently wrong. And we know it. It is not in alignment with our values. It is not oriented towards like pleasure and joy and liberation for all. And so active defiance of these rules and norms can actually bring us into alignment with our own values and authentic erotic selves. Oh, that's so beautiful. Because so often where we have received these ideas are from culture, religion, commercial life. You know, there's so many inputs that are not ours. And a lot of it is intergenerational, as you say that. Like so much of sex and culturation is generational from like, you know, parents and caregivers to children, from one generation portraying their norms onto Mm -hmm. the upcoming youth. And so again, this cycle of defiance and asking like, what is right for right now? Um, And our culture right now is just rife with these conversations. We are in a massive conversation about things like gender expression, reproductive freedoms, um, who has the right to autonomy over their bodies and how, What kind of culture are we going to build as we head into the future? And it's like at that meta level, again, all of the pleasure practice and what I love about this work and what I love about practicing these things at the level of our sex life is it equips us with the tools and capacities to bring into these much bigger conversations. And so we can start becoming aware with our attention of our, you know, mindsets and of how we're judging things. And instead of that critical right, wrong, you, they, right? Instead of that binary, we get this expansive conversation with curious, open minds and hearts. And it is so freeing. And I really Mm -hmm. want to invite us into this practice. And as we go through this episode, um, know that as we confront this hard stuff on the other side, Um, and I want you to feel this for yourself and then tell me how it feels, tell me how it feels, Mm -hmm. tell me how it feels to be free of some of these judgments, to be free of self-critique, um, to kind of get in the euphoria of being in integrity with your own erotic values and not self-policing, not coming down on others with judgment, right? It doesn't feel good to be judgy. It feels way better to be curious and an open heart and eyes full of wonder. And as you're saying that, it's clear that actually looking at our own judgment is a pathway, is an entrance into being realigned with our own values. Yes. 
and creating perhaps for the first time a sexuality that is based on our actual true values right now and that's such a beautiful opportunity and a moment of reclamation but we have to do that through noticing our own judgment yeah and we do it together we do it collectively Mm -hmm. and I hear from so many parents that hit these walls of wanting to work with their own self-judgment as they're raising children because we would again never talk to our children or tell them to treat themselves the way we are treating ourselves inside Mm -hmm. And so as we recognize that, we have to come into alignment. And so we're going to talk about tools to do that. This is obviously a really big conversation. Be gentle with yourselves. As we go through some of these examples, we will give popcorn style examples of how this shows up in our erotic lives. But how it shows up for you might be really specific. It might be really culturally specific. It might be like one story from the playground that gave you this internal knot that we can unwind together. And it might be a bigger project of figuring out what parts of your culture, what parts of, you know, your religion are actually in alignment and what parts you need to challenge and push back on a little bit and be a little bit defiant around. Like that's not easy. Right. Um, Because judgment often comes in packages. Mm. (laughs) That's the other Mm. thing. It's like, if you believe this, then all these other things are true. Um, And again, so we're going to go through it. We're going to give some examples. But think about, so sexuality and the meta topics here, like body judgment, expression judgment. How dare she wear that? Who does she think she is wearing that? Um, Action judgment about what people do and having like a lot of ideas and opinions about what that activity feels like or means when you haven't even experienced it and sometimes I feel this when I'm driving past like a ski slope like what kind of person throws themselves down a mountain (laughs) and that's my own fear that's my own proclivities that's my own tendencies right Mm -hmm. like I would never do that but I can look at the mountain and be like wow they're brave instead of oh what you know fools taking such silly risks and when it comes to kink and even things like you know it used to be like oral sex and anal sex for a lot of people. Like my mother told me when I was a teenager that only a certain kind of woman gave a blowjob, and you do not want to be that kind of woman. Right. Like that was like in no ter- uncertain terms. And <laughs> I'm that kind of human now. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Um, right. But the inherent, like within that, like, that's not only a statement on blowjobs, but like what kind of woman likes sex, what kind of woman would do that, what that activity means. And then you think about like kinks and fetishes and how dare we think we know what that means to the people who enjoy them. Um, there's a lot of arrogance within judgment and also just a lot of like vulnerability of am I okay? Am I normal? And if I make all these other people wrong, will I be more normal and okay? And we're just going to get rid of that whole hierarchy and invite us into an orientation, right? Part of the alternative here is there's no better or worse. There's no body status ladders. There's no body supremacy that we are orienting to that says some bodies are more valuable than others, right? Like at a cultural level, we're working towards that. And so on a personal level, we're going to knock that shit off of saying better or worse, lesser than or better than, and just be with what is. And again, as we said, like it, it, that divisive quality of judgment, 
I think is so important when we talk about this because we often feel so isolated sexually. Mm -hmm. And part of that isolation is all the judgment and the perceived judgment. And just to throw this in there, like one of the things we get so much from you all is emails like it's not even what you say, but how you say it. You talk about the most taboo topics as if it were a cooking show without any judgment, with so much acceptance, with so much love in your hearts. And that's absolutely accurate, Mm. right? And because we've been in this field for so long, we've worked this skill, we've developed like so much erotic empathy because we've heard the story of the 10,000s of you. And we hold that all like within our arms as we're embracing each of you, right? Mm. And so it's like your friend group, your family, if you had less perceived judgment and you were worried less about being judged for your truth, what would you do differently? How might you show up? What kind of connections might become available? Right. On the other side of judgment is the erotic, is feelings deeply felt and shared together and using that as a bridge of connection. Oh, you like this? I like that too. Let's play. Oh, you're into that? I'm not so, but tell me why. Oh, you're into thrill. How I find that thrill is I don't go skiing, but you know what I like, right? It's a much different story than, oh, yeah, I'm not into that. Oh, mm-mm-mm. right? Like that, the how judgment shuts down conversation. Mm. Um, and after the break, to thank our sponsors, we're going to differentiate between judgment and what we call discernment and how these are both ways of weighing possibilities both looking at if this then this how do I feel about a thing and we can really think about this and think about how it invites us into more erotic living and connection and just the ability to experience the present moment right we're talking about a lot of big things but I want to bring us back into like the moment of being in bed with a lover we've chosen and we're naked and trying to connect with them And all of the ways judgment might come up, right? Is it good enough? Is it better or worse than? Am I good enough? Am I better or worse than, right? Like, what are the scales? What are the hierarchies? What are these kind of spectrums of judgment, of critique that you bring into your bedroom and apply, sometimes without even thinking about it? Where did they come from? Like, doing that excavation, Follow-up episodes are in the show notes about things like sexual attitude adjustments, shame, body shame, right? We've broken a lot of these things down pretty granularly for you so we can really excavate. And this idea of like we're looking inside and this is why it's part of mindfulness, right? As we're paying attention in the erotic moment, we're trying to focus on the pleasure and the connection and oh, wow, I'm being distracted and pulled into my judgment, Oh, wow, I'm trying to enjoy the moment and I just can't get rid of this bitterness in my body because I feel so judgmental about what this other person is doing. My partner has gone to that vulnerable place of asking me for something and I'm just flooded with judgment. Sometimes judgment can feel just like a wave, like you want to do what? Mm. And it can feel gutting because it like in that judgment is like, are you the person I love? Are you the person I thought I trusted? Right. And this is why we hold each other back is that fear of judgment. And again, what would you do or say or express differently if you do not have the fear of being judged? What would you tell us if we were having coffee together 
that you might not have even told your lover. Or even yourself sometimes and giving yourself yeah. that grace. We hear that all the time. I've never even said that out loud to myself before. And it feels so good. Like there's a relief when you can confess something, when you bring apart, when you express something that is true for you and it is met with non-judgmental empathy and kindness, <sighs> there is a palpable relief. I just want to notice that, I don't know about you, but I feel like I have a little bit of a stomachache going through all of these ways we can experience judgment. And if you're having a similar experience, like it's okay. Like we're looking at this so that we can see if we can excavate these qualities because they are kind of embedded invisibly throughout our erotic life. So it can be really uncomfortable to look at, but we're doing that with a purpose. Mm. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, know that that makes sense and that's okay. And let's just like be kind to ourselves. I'm putting a hand on my body and just like, okay, okay. Um, and then we'll keep going and we'll look at what we can do with these feelings and how we can excavate them. Yeah. And, and in the moment them. of being judged, right, on either end of when do you feel judged? Because all of us go through life and there are moments we feel judged, we feel othered, we feel misunderstood. And so much of judgment is like you feel misunderstood, misseen. Mm -hmm. They don't know what that means to me. They don't know what I've been through, which then is itself a judgment, right? We get in these divisive loops of judgment. So how does that feel? How does it feel to judge ourselves? How does it feel to judge others and in our bodies? Yeah. And then we can tend to those bodies and we offer you those practices too, right? How do we work through this in a compassionate way? And some of that we will explore in this episode, but there is just so much practice here, right? When we talk about pleasure practice, it's a vast realm of excavation, of replacing attitudes, of focusing on the good stuff, of noticing joy. Um, and this is just one slice that happens to be pretty fraught. So give ourselves some grace for that. And you're not alone in it. We're all in it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thanks to Uberlube for sponsoring this episode. And I love that they're sponsors for this episode because one of the things we judge our bodies about is wetness. And wetness can be affected by so many different factors, by things as basic as hydration or as complicated as pharmaceutical usage, mood, time of cycle. And we don't need to have shame or guilt about reaching for a bottle of lube. We can think of it as a pleasure tool, as an enabler of more slip, slide, and glide in the touch you want. We love Uberlube because it's clean, simple ingredients can be used on any body part for so many different sex acts. And we've kept Uberlube by our bedside for a decade plus for when we want a beautiful silicone lube. Go to uberlube.com and use the code pleasure for 10% off and free shipping. That's uberlube.com, U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com. Use the code pleasure for 10% off this beautiful silicone lube. That's uberlube.com. Use the code pleasure. We'd also like to thank our new sponsor, betterhelp.com. That non-judgmental, benevolent presence we've been talking about, that's one of the reasons so many people benefit from therapy. Someone you can talk to, be real with, be authentic in front of, and receive non-judgmental guidance, care, and support. So many of us need better help right now. 
So find it at betterhelp.com slash pleasure. Our friends at betterhelp.com have offered listeners of this podcast 10% off professional support. That's betterhelp.com slash pleasure and choose from licensed therapists and counselors that specialize in your area of need. That's betterhelp.com slash pleasure. Big thanks to BetterHelp and Uberlube for sponsoring this episode. And as always, you will find all of the links to our sponsors and the generous discounts they are offering you at pleasuremechanics.com slash toolbox. That's pleasuremechanics.com slash toolbox to equip yourself with our favorite pleasure toys and tools. All right. So back to this beautiful realm of non-judgment. And it is so interesting because to practice non-judgment, we have to go into our judgments and that can be sticky terrain. It can be that minefield. It can be a lot of grieving and mourning as we realize how limiting our judgments have been, how judgmental we've been about other people, right? And when we confront this in what layers is so personal, right? So this is an ongoing process and it's worth practicing. Right. So expect it. Expect that you will have judgment, that it will show up in different spheres of your life over your lifetime. Let us not be surprised by that, but invite it and then walk through it. It's just like distractions, right? The Mm -hmm. practice is not becoming distraction free. It's not human. The practice is noticing your distractions, releasing them and coming back Mm -hmm. to the present moment, choosing what you're paying attention to. Right. So likewise, the practice is not becoming judgment free. It's noticing where we are judging with that awareness being like, where did this come from? Who is it serving? Is it connecting me to this person or is it creating a divide? And then choosing. Right. And what are we choosing? So I really want to introduce this tool of discernment, Mm -hmm. discernment. And you'll be hearing more about this as we dive deeper into interoception and pleasure practices, um, you know, as we spiral around this great labyrinth of eroticism together. Um, But discernment for me has become like one of my favorite new words as an erotic tool because it allows us choice. It allows us agency. And again, we're not asking you to become neutral. We're actually asking you to become like radically specific in what you believe, in what you care about, in what you value, and then acting accordingly and using your mental space accordingly, right? And so instead of kind of cluttering it up with judgment, you're discerning. And so this word where judgment means critiquing, saying right or wrong, laying judgment upon, and therefore punishment. We didn't even really talk about that. Like the other part of judgment is once you get judged, you get punished. And the fear of that punishment is often like culturally, like what we're trained to stay away from is like, what do I risk losing? And we have this whole kind of like conviction model of like, you've been deemed guilty, right? Um, We're going to lay that all down. And discernment is about what is right for you right now. What is right for you right now? How do you feel into that and make a choice in alignment with your own values? Right. What a beautiful inquiry. And the definition of discernment is about perception of the present moment without judgment. Mm. That was a delight. You know, we've been talking about this and then you looked it up in the dictionary because we always go to the dictionary. Where did these words come from? Mm -hmm. What do they imply? 
And when you found that, you were like, look, <laughs> it's perfect. It's in the definition <laughs> itself. Um, and what that means is really, again, paying attention to the present moment and perceiving what is actually happening instead of being with our thoughts, opinions, and judgments. And wasn't and there a final freeing. part that's like, in order to receive spiritual guidance and clarity? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Um, so this idea of discernment, and it is like kind of this verb that invites us into a bit of like exquisite attention, right? Like, I'm going to discern how I feel about this. Um, again, there are practices to support building this capacity, because we're not often invited into like, how do you actually feel about this instead of just wielding your judgments and reactions. And so this can be as simple as you know, your partner comes to you with a new fantasy and instead of your reaction and judgments, you're going to get curious. So part of discernment is curiosity. Curiosity has a slowness to it, has a wonder to it. It has a let's find out attitude, right? You don't know if you're curious about something, but it's with like a spirit of generosity. Like I'm willing to find out. I come curious. I really want this on a t-shirt, Charlotte. Mm. Make it happen. Come curious. And if we come curious and we come with a spirit of wonder and possibilities, it's not a pre-assigned judgment. It's not like I'm hearing this, therefore it means this, therefore I feel this way. And just notice how reactive that is. And that's often how judgment works. It's like a pinball machine. It's like, this is true, therefore that, so feel this way, damn it. And it's kind of an enforcement of emotions upon a situation. Like, It's more reactive. Damn it, judgment. It is. Well, and it's harsh. It's like, that's right or wrong and feel that way and lay down your judgment. Um, but Discernment allows for a pause. It allows for a moment and there's a space there. And then we can have a little bit more grace and a little bit more choice around how we choose to react, what we do with the awareness in that space. Discernment invites us into this question of how do I feel about this? Mm-hmm. Let me check in. And sometimes I love Charlotte, like you bring this practice to something as simple as like, you know, we have the afternoon free. How would you like to spend it? And you'll say, let me go sit with that and feel into it. (laughs) Sometimes I need to close my eyes to see how I feel. And how connecting that is versus the division of judgment. How much it brings us into the present moment. How do I actually feel? What is the reaction I'm having? Because sometimes you become aware of a judgment and then you can discern around that judgment. You're like, wow, I had a really strong reaction to what just happened. I was flooded with judgment. I went to this place and that place, and I was reminded of this from childhood, and I heard my grandmother's voice lecturing me. Sometimes I can literally hear these people's voices in my head and what was said to me as a child. I'm like, wow, that judgment is still showing up. I'm still following rules from two generations ago, and instead I'm going to question it. And so that moment of discernment of like my own judgment of noticing a reaction, right? We can catch ourselves, notice how we feel, and then for next time, act differently, right? So some of this work is like postscript, like after something happens, we can really pay attention and discern like, what could I have done differently that would have been less judgmental and reactive, And that prepares us for future action. Mm -hmm. So this doesn't have to be like on the fly. You're a perfect, you know, love monk, ready to be non-judgmental. Like your judgment's going to come up. Charlotte and I then, and again, how do we do this relationally? We catch ourselves all the time. Like one person is yapping away 
And Charlotte will look at me and be like, do you hear how judgmental you're being? And you'll say that to me about things that I had no idea that I was being judgmental about. I have no awareness that I'm being judgmental. And it's so uncomfortable to be called out or Mm -hmm. called in, but it's essential. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. Let me look at that. And it's just an ongoing process. And if we don't get mad at ourselves and judge ourselves for those moments, like we're not perfect humans, we'll never be. And so... Let's give ourselves grace and just keep exploring. One more round through the gauntlet. Yeah. <laughs> to pet those beasts. Um, and again, the micro and the meta of this, this is going to come up around your most in- intimate interior thoughts, self-judgment to cultural judgment, judging whole other groups of people. Um, and we can practice again on all of these realms of interior, relational, conversation with friends, like how much is the culture of your friends around judging other people? Because let's be clear, every time we judge other people, we're also judging ourselves. Like there yeah. is that piece. And so in a culture of friends, can we invite each other to not judge as much yeah. without being judgmental? And throwing little barbs. You might think you're bonding as a group of friends by being judgy, but like someone at that table has a stake in what you're judging and feels other left out. Yeah. yeah. And so, yes, catching it, catching it in ourselves, catching it in one another and replacing it, replacing judgment as a practice, right? It's a little swap of when we find ourselves being judgmental, turning towards that moment with curiosity, with wonder and amazement of like, wow, why am I feeling this way? This is really interesting. Or wow, why is this person creating such a response in me? Um, curiosity wonder amazement and ultimately discernment and erotic discernment is something we will talk more about on future episodes practices to support all of this from attention and awareness managing distractions discernment and choice making embodied consent all of this is in the mindful sex course you'll find it at pleasuremechanics.com mindful So again, we've covered so much here, but we just wanted to offer this as an invitation to see if we could eliminate or shift even like 10% of our own internal judgment of ourselves, of our lovers, of Mm -hmm. culture and conditions, because I really feel like that can make an enormous difference to our lived experience of ourselves, our eroticism, our sex life, and that there's freedom in that, that there's a real there's a little more space inside us to begin to experience what we want to experience, Mm. whether that is pleasure, joy, or connection, or a certain kind of eroticism. Like it just allows for a little bit more deliciousness. So I think that this work and labor is worth it, even though it's uncomfortable. And And it doesn't have to be uncomfortable, right? We're Mm -hmm. equipping you for the discomfort, but there can actually be so much joyful rebellion in this. Mm. And especially around the things that are not yours. I do Mm -hmm. not believe that. I would not give that to my child. Uh And I'm going to treat myself with that same love. That can be like incredibly joyful and pleasurable and freeing. And you can really like run with this. Like get on the, you know, I am going to be an empathy engine instead of a machine of judgment, Mm. you know, Mm. weapon of judgment. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's a way of reorienting how we're going to use our power in this world. 
And I just can think of no better kind of foundational practice. If you want to have better sex, if you want to fall deeper in love, if you want to feel more connected to people, we have to go through this minefield of how we're judging and putting each other on hierarchies and, you know, saying right or wrong to what is really a vast spectrum of beautiful human expression and, you know, the beautiful wide range of normal. Like, how do we embrace it all and, yeah, feel the connections within that? Like always, this conversation has been one slice of a much bigger conversation. We're 430-some episodes deep now. And we will be back with you next week with another episode of Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. We are here for you. We love you. You'll find it all at pleasuremechanics.com. And we adore you non-judgmentally with so much curiosity compassion and wonder for who you are as an erotic being i'm chris i'm charlotte we are the pleasure mechanics wishing you a lifetime of pleasure <laughs>